This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites, so we give it away at freetalklive.com. Well, Mark, what a week. We've got a new tyrant in place in America. Uh, Hail to the new chief, same as the old chief. Yeah, really. I mean, it's so amazing looking at uh, this, uh, all of this, this whole election season and and watching as Americans fall for it yet again. We talked about it in detail last week on the program. Nobody could call this radio program and give a really explicitly good reason why they support the candidate they support, whichever one it was. Again, they're, to me, they're both interchangeable. Um, and in fact, we've got evidence of that. Uh, we talked before on this program about the national service idea, and that is something that both uh, John McCain and Barack Obama supported. One might argue that Barack Obama was a little more forthcoming with what it was that he wanted to do in regards to the national service thing. But either way, uh, both of these men want to put more of America's young people into government roles. They want to bureaucratize the youth of America. And that's what they're moving ahead with quite quickly. Mark, did you know that there is apparently an office of the president-elect? Now there is, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess they just created it uh, for the first time ever. Uh, Either that or it doesn't actually exist and they've just made a website and they're calling it that. But for those that aren't aware, apparently Barack Obama has already gotten his own government website launched. Change, change.gov? Yeah, change.gov. And it launched within, I think, a couple days after the election. So they got this up lickety split. And on this change.gov website, besides the usual uh, political back padding, uh, you can find a section called America Serves. And here's what it says. The Obama administration will call on Americans to serve in order to meet the nation's challenges. President-elect Obama will expand national service programs like AmeriCorps and Peace Corps and will create a new classroom corps to help teachers in underserved schools, as well as a new health corps, clean energy corps, and veterans corps. Obama will call on citizens of all ages to serve America by setting a goal that all middle school and high school students will do 50 hours of community service a year and by developing a plan so that all college students who conduct 100 hours of community service receive a fully and universal refundable tax credit, ensuring that the first $4,000 of their college education is completely free. So they're giving the college students of America a little bit of a, a kind of a carrot and uh, a carrot deal where they're they're holding out the the four thousand uh, dollars cash that they'll be able to put toward the uh, whatever their student loans are their so education. So public bills. school has been extended. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Now we have vouchers for public school after twelfth grade. I guess you could put it that way if you wanted to. Um, but what what's really most concerning to me is of course the the middle school and high school requirements here. Uh, that middle schoolers, which in most places I think it's sixth grade on up, basically, uh, that middle schoolers will have to work 50 hours in some sort of uh, governmental service program. Now, they're using the term community service here, but we all know that when politicians speak, they don't necessarily mean what they say. Like when they say they're just going to ask Americans to serve. Actually, I guess they don't use the term ask in this one. They say that uh, it's going to be a goal they are going to call on Americans to serve. So they're just going to 
call on you, and it sort of makes it sound like you'll be able to just say, well, no, that's okay. I'd rather not be called on. You know, I do my own volunteering on my own time with the organizations I think are appropriate, and I don't really, I'm not really interested in having you government bureaucrats call on me and tell me where I need to go and serve. Well, in Ram, Ram Emanuel's book, he mentions that, you know, it is his basically his goal to have universal uh, national service. Now, Rahm Emanuel is uh, Obama's, Obama's pick for chief, chief of, of staff, staff right. which is like his right-hand guy, basically, as I understand yes. it. Yes. So, yeah, so they're calling for universal, um, universal service, which means working as a government bureaucrat. They want it to be universal, which means that it's spread across everyone. So how can you have something that's voluntary and something that's an option if it's at the same time universal? Well, you can't. So it seems to me that knowing how government operates, and government likes to use the stick, it likes to use violence, it has the threat of force behind its edicts and diktats, considering that government is an agency with uh, a monopoly over coercive force, I think it's inevitable that you're going to see all Americans forced of a certain age range forced into this government make-work program. Right. Well, I mean, you know, when you think when you say government is a violent organization, people probably cringe and cower. But think about it. What is a law without a punishment? And what gives these people the right to enslave? Essentially, if they force me to work someplace, I am essentially a slave. Now, slaves, uh, I guess, uh, you know, when you think of chattel slavery from the you know 1800s and that kind of thing, you think of people that were you know lived in shacks and mm-hmm. were forced to you know pick cotton and and they were given food but does it really matter whether a slave gets a paycheck if you have to work there if the government says yeah. you're going to work here or you're going to go to jail now the if 14th, it's involuntary it's slavery right the in, the uh, the 14th amendment i believe it's the 14th uh, does away with involuntary servitude so how does this make any sense well, you know what it is, Mark? They've, they've basically obscured the slavery as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And the way they've done that is what they'll do is they'll make it so that middle school and high school students will have to do this 50 hours per year of so-called community service. I predict that will be working under some sort of government program. I don't have that big of a, I don't have that big of a problem with some kind of community service program if, it, if you can work for the Red Cross or you can work for you know, some other private charity or organization but i have a real problem with it if it's has to be a government organization they, they haven't made that clear at this point and of course we'll certainly keep our eyes on this but when they talk about service and when they were discussing the idea of service this term that they like to throw around at their national summit they had on september 11th they made it very clear that they were talking about how People who are bureaucrats are better, better people, yes. and so it seems like they want to funnel people through some sort of bureaucrat program. Your charities are nice and everything, but yeah. to really serve, you've got to be a public servant. You've got to work for the government, yeah. So Which, if I'm forced to pay these servants whom I didn't ask to work for me, are they my servants or are they my masters? It's confusing, uh, a bizarre situation that that we're looking at here, but the, basically the way it's going to work is they're going to force all of these, or the, they're going to require all middle school and high school students to perform this community service. So I suppose you could say to yourself, well, that's still voluntary because I could pull my kid out of the government school and then he or she would not have to uh, do the, the community service Well, if you pull your kid out of uh, the government school, then you don't have to pay for government school anymore, right? And that's where they got you. 
That's where they've got you. So even Absolutely, if you don't want Absolutely, you've got to pay because they'll take your house away if you don't. Right. So even if you disagree with the idea of national service, if you disagree vehemently, as I do, with the idea of paying uh, to support these government bureaucratization programs where young people are going to essentially be trained to be government bureaucrats, trained to be even more obedient to the state than they've ever been, if you disagree with that and you decide to no longer pay property taxes or at least the portion of property taxes that goes to fund the government schools, which are nothing more than uh, government indoctrination camps, then eventually there is a chance that men with guns could come and throw you and your family out on your butt into the street from your own home. So no, I'm sorry. You cannot say that this is a voluntary program. It's not at all. You know, and when you think about public schools, you know, private schools offer their services to the community on a voluntary basis. You can choose to send your kid there and choose to pay tuition, um, and, and that's, that's fine and dandy. But when you think about this, the public school, it, just the very fact that you have to pay for it, it's kind of like Walmart having ladders in stock that mm-hmm. you could buy if you want, and they charge you for them because we have ladders here that you right. might need to use. That's kind of like what it is. And if you've got any thoughts on this at 800-259-9231, that is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. If this National Service Program comes around, and by the way, John McCain would have brought this about too, so don't think that this is just an Obama thing. But if this National Service well, it or when, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be in the, the same vein, and John McCain likely wouldn't have hi, uh, hired on as his chief of staff uh, this, this Emmanuel character. He would have hired on someone equally as scary, I'm but sure. But not somebody who wrote a, a book suggesting uh, universal... Calculating. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. So the government is You're going to be... You're speculating when you say that it would be exactly the same. You're right about that. It might be worse. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. What will you do if you're a young person or maybe a parent who's got kids that are going to be attempted to be forced into this national service program? Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is the live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, and if you're one of our radio listeners that only gets the Saturday show, you've missed a lot of moments because we do it five nights a week plus or six nights a week, including Saturdays. So if you've missed all that, go to freetalklive.com and grab the archives right there from the front page. There's no logging in or membership fee or anything like that. You just click and download at freetalklive.com. Plus, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treat Treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL CAI. The question, and I'm very curious about, is for those of you out there that are like me, you know, a little concerned, in fact, a lot concerned over the idea of national service or national slavery, as I would prefer to call it, wherein the federal government is going to be demanding that all middle school and high school students serve 
for 50 hours per year. Now, you said earlier, Mark, that you didn't think it was a big deal to have high school or middle school students doing community service in some sort of uh, Red Cross situation or with a private charity of, of some sort. And I have to say I disagree with you. Uh, and this is coming from somebody who went through a government school system where 25 hours of uh, community service was required in order to graduate. I can tell you that it's not real volunteering unless you volunteer. And when they require you to volunteer, it doesn't have the same appeal to it. It doesn't have that same value, I think. And for me, I remember when they told me I needed to do the 25 hours, I immediately began thinking of what ways I could possibly scam that system. Because I was not interested in going out and doing what it was those bureaucrats wanted me to do. And, and it, again, it was sort of an open-ended thing. You could go and work at any sort of private charity. I don't remember what I ended up doing, but uh, it was... It was not something it wasn't that I done appreciated. From the heart. Yeah, it was not something that I appreciated. And so I have to disagree with you on that. I understand where you're coming from. Now, if it was a private school, and I'm certain they're out there that require a certain amount of community service, uh, you know, volunteering uh, every year, would you wouldn't have a problem with that, correct? Because that's optional. You would be able to choose uh, to or uh, to go to that school to so fund do that you, school. So you have a problem with kids being given homework um, at a at a, a government school? I don't like government schools, period. Right. Uh, I, mean, I understand where you're coming from. You don't like the – I don't believe that there should be a government school either. However, I think that if a government school is doing the same thing at a private school, that, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable. I, I see where you're coming from, Mark, on that, and I think that it's, it's – while it may be understandable, it's still wrong because you're teaching kids the wrong thing about volunteering. You're telling them that this is something that is mandatory, that this is something that you have to do, uh, whereas volunteering should be something that uh, young people are motivated to do and inspired to do on their own. Shouldn't that be true with homework, though? Shouldn't they want to do their homework? You have not the option forced? to not do homework. You ha- well, you have the option to not do the volunteering. You don't have to That's graduate. True. That's true. You're right about that. So anyway, when, anyway uh, so if it turns out, as it sound like, sounds like it might, that government schools may be requiring young people to go into, enter into some sort of government make-work volunteer program, will you be upset about that? And if so, as a parent, perhaps, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to pull your money from the government education system, stop paying that portion of uh, property taxes? Or are you just going to maybe bitch and moan as you continue just paying for a system that you inherently disagree with? 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. Paula's on the line in Florida listening to WFLA. Hello, Paula. Oh, hello, yes. I'm from Tampa, Florida, and I know this is a big milestone that we have a first president-elect that is, happens to be African-American, but my theory is just because he's an African-American and he happens to be Democratic, that does not guarantee that our country is better off, because from my understanding and from my um, listening on the Internet, to the Alex Jones show, I believe that he's also for the New World Order. And what is the New World Order? Why don't you define that for me? Well, the New World Order is like a one-world government that the powerful elites are um, planning behind the scenes without the knowledge of the Public. What would be the benefit of a leader of a nation to turn over his power to a, an organization, a one-world government? What would be his benefit? Hmm. What would be his benefit? Oh, my gosh. 
people oh, generally do what benefits them in life. So yeah, what, it does. What would what would be the benefit of a of a leader of a government? It doesn't necessarily have to be Barack Obama, but any government. What would be their no, benefit? Not Barack, no, it's not Barack Obama because Barack Obama is a puppet for the powerful elite. Sure, but he can the, choose not to be a puppet, right? I mean, like he could stop being a puppet tomorrow. Well, they might right, have to kill him. He definitely can choose not to be a puppet, but... Um, so it's money or, or a threat of violence against him? Yeah, maybe they'll set him up for life, you know? Maybe they'll give right. him all kinds of millions and millions of dollars if he does his, right. if he does their bidding. I'm just, you know, kind of playing devil's advocate here. I, it, right, know. right, 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 because, you know, if you don't um, comply um, with their um, rules then there will be consequences. How about you, Paula? Are you going to comply? I mean, if, if this all comes true, let's say that it does. I mean, certainly there are people out there that are interested in uh, concentrating power in as few hands as possible. I don't know if they have a name for their club or not. They might. But I know that there are definitely people that, that desire to, to aggregate power to themselves and would love to see the idea of a, of a one-world government. So let's say that, uh, that things start moving in that direction. What are you going to do about it? Ooh, oh my God. Hopefully I don't want to get microchip. I'll try to prepare myself as much as I possibly can. <laughs> what does that mean? Do you believe you'll go to hell if you get the microchip? No. No? Okay. Okay, so what does it mean, well, prepare yourself? What, what does that mean? Well, actually, I'm, start, I'm informing other people about what's going on and giving out tapes and stuff like that, even though they don't listen. And um, tell us Why do you people, think they don't listen to you? Well, because, um, like I said, um, they believe that Barack Obama is about change. I'm not really against Barack Obama, but if he was, if he thought like, um, why aren't you? I mean, you just told me that you thought he was a puppet of the uh, the world elite masters, and you're saying you're yes, not against is. him. No, I'm not against him. But what's that I mean? Know, why are you not against someone who would be attempting to implement a you know such uh, global drastic changes? Well, I'm not against them as an individual, but I'm against... Well, don't um, individuals... Aren't individuals responsible for the choices that they make? Yeah. If he's making choices that will result in more tyranny around the world, why would you not be against him as an individual? Well, why would I not be against him? Because I don't know him as an individual. Fair but... enough, Paula. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Seems to me that I'm against anybody. Personally, I'm against anybody that is looking to control the lives of other people. I'm against anybody that is interested in aggressing against their neighbors. Now, if they change their ways, I'll no longer be against them. If they change their ways, I'll uh, embrace them. You know, it's, it's tough being on the radio. And let, let, let me just speculate that what Paula was trying to say was... Uh, I don't dislike Barack Obama because he's black or because he's a Democrat. What I dislike him, um, the reason I dislike him is because of his policies specifically. Okay, 800-259-9231. You can call about anything. Bring up whatever you want. Is there some sort of global conspiracy to control the world? Maybe. But what I'm concerned about is all the individuals that want to control me, whoever they are, wherever. More on the way. Free talk. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line in this live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. If you have no or are an undergraduate, graduate students, or, or recent graduate, the Institute for Humane Studies is offering free seminars over spring break. This March, you can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal, liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. The IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. You can apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California in Santa Cruz or at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. Deadline for early enrollment is November the 15th. So we know from uh, from Obama's, I guess, planned chief of staff, Mr. What's his name? Uh, Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel. We know that this guy is uh, planning a universal national service program, and we know that Obama has admitted to supporting the idea of having uh, middle school and high school kids working for 50 hours per year in order to complete some sort of national service requirement. And it's really disturbing to me, and I just want to know how you feel about this. Uh, perhaps you are a young person listening. Uh, you're welcome, certainly welcome to chime in. Uh, of course, our audience tends to be adults, so if you're the parent of a young person and you're a little bit concerned about this new requirement coming down the pipe from the federal government, would love to hear what your thoughts are on this. Are you going to bow down and uh, have your child obey these mandates, or are you going to draw a line in the sand and say you've had about enough of this and that you believe that the government has gone too far. Well, you know, where is your line in the sand anyway? Have you ever thought about it? I imagine a number of Republicans will now actually be considering uh, something in the, to this realm of uh, civil disobedience on this, perhaps. Uh, but I would also imagine that if it was John McCain that was elected and he was proposing the same thing, the Republicans would be rallying behind him on this. So it'll be interesting to see how Republicans will respond to the mandate that their children work 50 hours per year for the essentially for the government. 1-800-259-9231. My uh, uncle who's a good Republican, he uh, he says that the Air, the the four years that he spent in the Air Force uh, during Vietnam, now he wasn't drafted. He was he went and signed up before he got drafted. He said that that almost ruined him for the real world. It was like working. Hmm. It you know killed his drive to work. Let's go to your phone calls, ladies first. Susan, listening to WCHV in Virginia. Hello, Susan. Hi. Hey there. Hi. I have a couple of comments. Sure. One, I'm I'm totally against it. Um, National service. The National Service, yes. Uh, I have a an 8th grader and a 10th grader. Um, and my comment is, who is this going to hurt the most, the lower-income students or the upper-income students? Because if you think about it, they only have so many hours in the day. My kids are you know, in school till 4 o'clock in the afternoon, don't get home till 4.30. Mm-hmm. They only have so many hours to work. My son, my 10th grader, has a part-time job. He works at Arby's. Makes six fifty five. I don't know. Round it to seven dollars an hour yeah. to do, make the math easy. If he does fifty hours, that's three hundred and fifty dollars that's out of his pocket. That's true. That, he's he's only got right. a limited amount of time to and go out in, in the some, working world. In some low income families, that three hundred and fifty dollars uh, could likely go to the upkeep of the family itself. I mean, a, a lot of high school students are working and they they choose to spend their money on I don't know 
gas for their cars and uh, CDs and stuff. Right, but if, if but but if he's the uh, if, if he's the son of a single mom, for instance, and she needs him to be out there working to help keep the power on, then that could right. make the difference between uh, the power being on or not. That's pretty scary. And, and the other thing is, is if you have single parent families. And they're working one, two jobs. How is that single parent family, you know, family member, going to get that child to the service, you know, where they're, you know, to the volunteer place that they're going to volunteer at? That's another excellent question. They have to deal with the bureaucracy of the public buses. <laughs> well, my other question is, is what is going to be, you know, what happens if you don't do it? What's the what's the punishment? Presumably, your uh, son or daughter would not be able to graduate from the government school system. Ah. Well, and then here's another question. My son, my 10th grader anyway, he's in the Civil Air Patrol. Right now, he doesn't need community service hours, but the Civil Air Patrol counts as community service hours. He went with me to the Republican headquarters and volunteered during this election. And he stuffed envelopes. He made phone calls. We knocked on doors. Is that going to count under President Obama? I would only if it's for the incumbents party. No, no, Mark. I would imagine that. Uh, I would imagine that if you're working for some sort of government bureaucracy, that will count towards the uh, the national service thing, because that's what they want kids to do. They want kids to uh, to learn how to be bureaucrats. Uh, they want them to become essentially bureaucratized and more likely when they get out of school to go and actually work full time as a government bureaucrat. It seems to me that's one of the major purposes of this program is to uh, heavily indoctrinate the young people of America even more so than they currently now, are. I don't think the bureaucrats in and of themselves are evil. I just think that they're motivated uh, by the the marketplace doesn't motivate them in the same way that it does people that work for uh, you know a company that that provide services voluntarily. My wife uh, worked for uh, you know, an agency down in Florida for quite some time, and she said that a lot of the people, that she was the biggest producer in, in her uh, little section, mm-hmm. and they, you know, she, her numbers messed with the other people's numbers. She, th- she threw the curve off, essentially. And, you they know, didn't like that? They didn't like that much at all. So they, they were being showed up, essentially. Yeah. Hey, great uh, questions tonight, Susan. Any other thoughts for us? Uh, just that I really agree with what you said earlier in that it kills the spirit of volunteerism and it makes you want to dig your heel in the sand. I mean, you know, he goes to Civil Air Patrol and we volunteer because we want to. And if the government comes and tells you that you have to do something, it turns you off and it makes you not want to do it. As a, as a parent, before I let you go, what is it that you might do if they decided to make this mandatory? I mean, will you stand up against it in any way or will you just go ahead and play ball with the government? I mean, if they say you don't get a diploma, I mean, what can you do? It's a fine, fine question. I'm not sure what the other options will be. I don't know how they'll try to. I mean, you could always pull your uh, your son and daughter or daughter out of the government school system and perhaps attempt to homeschool. However, what? I mean, Actually, or, our eighth grader is homeschooled right now. God and, bless you. But I pretty much have said, no, I won't do it in high school. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I see where you're coming it's from hard there. Work. I, I've had, yeah, I could go on and on, but that's a whole other conversation about Thanks. public schools. Actually, I'll, I'll throw this one out and out you. Uh, a teacher here in our county school uh, was saying, blah, 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 with liberty and justice for all during the Pledge of Allegiance until a parent and a student called him on it. And when that happened, the um, teacher said, oh, 
okay, I won't do it anymore. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was offending anyone. Well, I'm sure that particular teacher is just a smartass. I doubt that they I doubt that they understand that the Pledge of Allegiance is nothing more than socialist indoctrination uh, written by a national socialist in the late 1800s. You might find that interesting uh, to go look into. I understand that sounds a little iconoclastic on its face, but it's absolutely true. Uh, the, the U.S. Pledge of Allegiance was written by a flag salesman named Francis Bellamy, who was, in fact, a, an avowed national socialist, as you might recall. The National Socialists this, no. were also known as the Nazis. The, the Pledge of Allegiance is nothing more than brainwashing. I thank you for the call. Good hearing from you. The most striking thing about that, what you're, the story you're telling there, um, and it, it is a striking one once you start digging into it, the most striking thing is to see the pictures of American school children in the 30s, rather than with their hand or their, over their heart, because so many Americans believe this, this uh, the God gave Adam and Eve the Pledge of Allegiance, and, and that's yeah. where it came from. But uh, the, with, instead of their hand over their heart, but their hand outstretched and raised like in the, the Roman salute. Essentially, the just very similar to what the Nazis did. Very strikingly and similar. And, and since it was written by a national socialist... It's all disturbing. You can actually see one of those pictures. It happens to be featured on the front page of the Free Talk Live wiki right now at wiki.freetalklive.com. So you've never seen that before. It's pretty spooky. Uh, com. We continue. Linda is on the line listening to WSCFM. Hello, Linda. Yes. Hey, you're in South Carolina. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just going to comment on the lady that did. Well, I was going to comment on the community service. I don't have any kids in school anymore, but I thought middle school, who's going to take them? That's, I, you know, that's, that's exactly what uh, Susan had suggested earlier. Yeah. Linda, I'm going to bring you back. Hang on. We want to give you some more time here. Uh, and that's what she had suggested, and it's a, I think it's a great point. I mean, how are you supposed to get the kids to the, these community service events if you're busy? Go, if you're busy at work, and you're especially if you're a single parent, more on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, well, one way you can do that is by voting for us. You can head over to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote in the monthly podcast awards voting contest. Uh, I, are, we number, are we number one right now, Mark? We were number two yesterday, and we really needed some extra votes to boost us up. We're close. It's, uh, it's a close contest this month, so we still need your vote. If you haven't yet voted in the month of November, we are number two, so we definitely need your help. Over at vote.freetalklive.com, all it requires is your email address. It won't be sold or spammed. It's only used for verification purposes. So once again, vote.freetalklive.com. I've been taking Dex C20 now for going on three months. It's been taking weight off of me, and... Uh, you know, reducing pant size. I've been recently started working out, so the the pounds haven't been coming off as quickly. But the pants are fitting better than they ever have. And I just got a, a an email in about Dexy Twenty. It said uh, from from Matt. He says. I tried Dexy20, um, only one pill so far, and it really nailed my appetite. Impressive. Most impressive. And another email said, the hardest thing about Dexy20 is remembering to take the pill. Mm. And if that's the hardest thing about your diet pill, well, you know it's working. It doesn't give you those weird jitters. Dexy20, you can get it um, at Walgreens, CVS, GNC. Try it today. It's in the gold box. Dexy20. All right. We go back to Linda listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Linda, you're back on Free Talk Live. Wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out there. So go ahead. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I had listened to the lady talking about the one world government. Yes. And she just really couldn't articulate, you know, I guess where, what, you know, how to, but it's, but a lot of it is ideology. Uh, it's ideology. You know, there are people that really think they know what's better for me than me. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Those people are out there. And they're not all for one world government. Some of them are at the uh, the local government level, and they think they know what's best for you. (laughs) But but that's how that will. I really feel that's how that will come around. You know, even with Barack Obama, he thinks he knows what's better for us than we do. That's with all his corps, you know, and I mean, all the corps, you know, the, um, you know, and it, you know, and it goes back to his involvement with the Saul Alinsky scheme which is the same type of thing. You know, he knows better than we know what we need. And so the easiest way to to get that done is to start with your children. Well, you know, one of the things that I think that is the biggest problem is not so much that there are people that think they know what's best for the rest of us, but the fact that there are so many Americans who believe that the government actually does know what's best, whether it's a Republican or Democratically-led government. The the idea that these government bureaucrats and politicians somehow know how you should be running your life is absolutely absurd on its face, but it's amazing to me how many people believe that because the politicians are lawyers and doctors that therefore they're somehow imbued with some extra knowledge right. they'll say things like smarter people than i am made yeah. that law no they didn't yeah they, that's people that, disgusting that, people that you know voted in a room made that law right but but that comes a lot though from uh people that are uneducated about the um you know um what's going on you know what i mean if you're uneducated about what's going on, not dumb or, or necessarily uneducated, but if you if you are not educated about what's going on in the world, what's going on in the country, what's going on in the government, and the government supplies a need that you otherwise can't, you know, uh, get for yourself, then yes, then you are going to think that they know better than you do. Yeah, and of course the government has an interest in uh, having people believe that. That's why the government runs the school system, and this government school system is so heavily entrenched in society. We're in a situation today, and Linda, great call. Thank you for making it tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. We're in a situation where the government indoctrination system is so well entrenched, and when they're going to add this extra next step of the national service program on top of all this, forcing all middle school and high school kids to work for some sort of government uh, make-work program, when they're going to add that extra step to it, you're going to have a lot of parents that are very frustrated, like Su- uh, like Susan was. We talked to a little while ago, where th- these parents are 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 not going to know what to do. I mean, they may be very upset with the idea that their their son or daughter is out there working for the government 50 hours a, a per year. They might be upset about that, but they don't know what the solution is. She asked, "Well, what can we do about that?" And I said, "Well, you can pull your kids out and maybe homeschool them. But who knows, Mark? They might pass some sort of new law that requires homeschoolers to also go out and work in this." similar program and i'll tell you that the uh the the teachers union is thoroughly against homeschooling they yep. hate the idea of you educating your your kid or i guess it's not you educating your kid you teaching your child how to educate themselves sure and and of course in the realm of homeschooling as we've talked about many times on this program there are all kinds of options I mean, it doesn't just have to be you that's teaching you can also sort of trade out with other homeschooling parents that might have expertise in different areas and and have your kids learn from whoever knows math the best or whatever 
whatever the topic might be at hand. So there are a lot of options in the realm it's of whomever. Homeschool. I guess you won't be Whom- teaching grammar. Thank huh? you. Exactly right. Uh, hey, I went to government school, Mark. So I just you know, I break. saw an opportunity. Yes, Sorry. I appreciate. That. I, I I always appreciate being corrected on that stuff. Um, but. So we've got a situation where homeschooling could be an option, but what if the government cracks down on that? What if the federal government says, well, now homeschoolers need to be doing this national service program, too? Every young person between the ages of uh, 12 and 25 have to go and work for the government every single year. And so then you have to ask yourself, well, what would you do in that case? Because the homeschooling people are... The, the people that homeschool aren't that different from anybody else in this country in that they just want to get by, they want to do what they want to do, and they want to get by with it as easily as they possibly can. So if the government comes in with new regulations on homeschoolers, they usually just jump through whatever the hoops are. They might complain about it. They might go to the state house and rally to, to try to change it. But they'll jump through those hoops. And I think that's where the problem lies. I think the problem lies with the obedience factor. I think that if parents weren't as obedient when it came to whatever the government was demanding from them or their children, then I think we'd see some significant changes. So if parents that are concerned, as I am, about – and I'm not a parent, but you are, Mark – uh, parents that are concerned about their kids having to go through this national service program, if you were to pull your kids out, homeschool them, and at the same time refuse to obey any sort of service mandates, then you'd have somewhere to start from. You'd have, uh, And if other people joined you, they wouldn't be able to throw everybody in jail and throw everybody out of their houses. So if you have enough people non-cooperating, then there's not much that the state can do. But if you're the only person who's going to stick your head above water, they're going to chop it right off. Right. So we, you have we've to have read s- lots of stories stories about that one person that's, ra- that's raising their head above the water. Right. So th- whatever happens, as far as non-cooperation here, in whatever area we're talking about, we're discussing national service, but it could be anything. It has to be a group of people that has to be willing to stand up for one another if they come under fire from the government agencies, whether they're local, state, or federal. But if, as long as you keep bowing down and trying to keep your head below water and trying to just go on get by to get by, then eventually they're going to pick you off one after one. They're going to come after you for something, whether it's a zoning violation or speeding ticket. The government's always got it out for you. It's just a matter of whether or not you happen to, they happen to bumble into you next. With all the laws they have, it's, it's, it's impossible not to commit some kind of crime. Right. So how long are you going to continue obeying as the diktats become more absurd and more you know, stringent? and the police state continues to increase in size and strength when are you going to when are you going to stop obeying i mean eventually they're going to come for your guns and at that point it might be too late so i think people need to really start thinking about these things now because national service is coming and we know that some people have proposed it uh, should be from 18 to 45 so don't think that just because you might be in your 30s or 40s or late 20s that you'll be exempt from whatever it is that's coming down the pipe we don't know what it is that's going to happen there are only a few proposals out there nothing is is official yet right it's always easy to pass the rules for somebody else to have to follow um you know the, 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 let's let's pass these rules for the high school students to have to do you know they're the kids these days, they're just a pain in the butt. Yeah, Let's a little discipline. Yeah, we, they, they need to work for the government. We'll, we'll put them through boot camp. It'll be great. Kids will be much better than they were. And it's really the same mentality that says, you know, of, of the, the sort of forced redistribution of wealth that's been talked about so much in this uh, election, and Democrats seem to be a little, uh, you know, bigger on that than others. It's really the sort of uh, thought process that says, let's take the money from the rich people and spend it on government stuff so that everybody can, can benefit. Because you want to do something to someone else. 
Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We go to your calls. Phil is listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hello, Phil. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's um, on your mind? I kind of stumbled on your show tonight. I've never listened before, and I'm already uh, intrigued, so I appreciate the show. Welcome aboard. Um, what's on your mind tonight, Phil? I want to go back to um, kind of what's been talked about. The caller from Florida uh, piqued my interest just about the New World Order. And, and here's my thing. I happen to be a strong Obama supporter. I'm, I'm certainly not a blind supporter. I, I try and be educated on the issues. But my thing is there's a difference between uh, calling the government socialist. And I appreciate actually what you guys are saying as far as the force service. Um, I'm actually uh, with you guys on that one. But but I guess the difference is when we start talking about a, a new world order. I want to get into this. Hang on. I'm going to bring you back here after the news. More with Phil and your calls as well about anything. Brenda's coming up. Dave, uh, whoever's on the line, we will get to you. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number two of the live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. So enjoy all those on us at freetalklive.com. We roll right back into your phone calls. Uh, Phil is still on the line listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Phil, uh, didn't have enough time to, uh, to get all your thoughts out there in the last hour. So go ahead, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the time. Um, I guess uh, just about this New World Order thing, uh, like I was saying, I, I don't want to get into the Democrats versus Republicans and you're a socialist, I'm not a socialist, all this kind of stuff. But when someone brings up New World Order, that's... <laughs> To me, that's a that's a little bit of a different jump, and I, I think it's neat that you guys actually gave the caller from Florida uh, time to you know kind of explain herself. And, and a lot of people would have just written her off, and maybe she is kooky and crazy, but I think it's neat that you guys at least gave her the time. I'm more curious with where does this stuff come from? I mean, I'm not I'm a pretty open-minded person. I don't think that all of these theories are, are so wacky, but I mean, I just that's a pretty big leap to make that that Obama specifically, or the U.S. government is working behind the scenes to form some one-world new government. And I know a lot of people believe that. So I guess my question to you guys in just a discussion is, where does this stuff come from? And I, I, I don't think all these people are crazy, right? Well, it's it's an excellent question. And from what I understand of the uh, the, the conspiracy theory, for lack of a better term, this whole New World Order idea, um, there is something to back it up. I mean, they, they do have uh, – there are certain people that are in this world – uh, that are very, very powerful. Uh, they're, they're considered the elites, people like uh, the Rockefeller family, for instance. Uh, and there are these groups that sort of form. Uh, the, the Bilderberg group is one that comes up a lot. Trilateral uh, Commission. The, the, the uh, Council on Foreign Relations. That, yep, the Council on Trilateral. Yeah, exactly. Those two are, are big ones. The and Freemasons are poisoning our water. I don't know about that part. but uh, it's fluoride. But, Mark, no, to, but to be serious here, I mean, to be fair... The, these organizations do come right out in their own paperwork, in their own books, and absolutely admit that their long-term goals are 
to have essentially a one-world government. I mean, there are people out there that want these things. Well, I the Bilderberg know. Group is uh, concentrated on commerce between nations, so it's tearing down national restrictions on commerce is really their big Oh, I thing. don't know if they're interested in tearing anything down, Mark. I mean, this is an organization of politicians and power mongers. The Bilderberg you think they're uh, interested in tearing the, down rules? The Bilderberg uh, Group is, is more about business uh, leaders who then recruit politicians to sort of uh, groom them and tell them what it is that they want. Right, They're but pretty powerful men, no doubt. Yeah, but the politicians... And I'm not saying they have our best interests at heart. Right. It's, they're not interested in tearing down uh, trade restrictions on anybody but the, themselves. Oh, okay? sure. The trade restrictions, in the way that they'll tear them down, will benefit the large moneyed yeah. people. Absolutely true. <laughs> So there is something to it. I mean, uh, whether or not there's this grand overarching worldwide conspiracy, that seems doubtful because of the reason that Mark suggested earlier in the show. And that is that the people that are the power mongers in each individual country are not going to want to just give up the power that they have over the people in their country. So I would say that what's more realistic, instead of having this one overarching grand conspiracy that many of the uh, the conspiracy uh, fringers believe in, uh, I think it's more likely that you have very various different groups of people that would be vying for that sort of power. Uh, so various guys, different new wor- new worlds order, if you will. Um, but that's just speculation. Consider, would you guys consider something like the European Union, you know, which is, you know, one currency? I mean, isn't that, I mean, isn't that <laughs> one, one or two steps away from some sort of... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know. That's absolutely uh, the next step to the one world government is to have this European Union, possibly a North American Union. That's an idea that's been sort of bandied about. I believe there is an Asian Union, if I'm not mistaken. uh, And that's the direction that things definitely seem to be going in. So it's a a very realistic possibility. Um, It's just that slapping the term new world order on it all just kind of, I think, makes it too simplistic. I think it's sort of over simplifies a very complicated world worldwide situation and that's one of the areas where i will disagree with those folks because it makes you especially when you start saying that you use those terms you automatically uh, kind of uh, couch yourself in the fringer you realm. either include or exclude somebody by using the term new world order either they right. you know like likely people have heard the term and the people that have heard the term either say yes i believe that there's a new world order of men that uh, make decisions in dark smoky rooms and and uh, you know that, that rule the world and that kind of thing, or I don't. And if you know, when you when you toss out that term, people immediately make judgments, just like that. Right. Well, listen, guys. Uh, I'm glad I stumbled on your show. Very interesting. Thanks, Phil. Glad to have you out there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to the amp line. We talked to Key. Ladies first on Free Talk Live. Hello, Key. Oh, hey guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, it's just I got in the mail today my not my town newsletter, a community newsletter that we get quarterly, just a nice little thing about what's going on in, in our community. Okay. There's a cop corner. It talks about house numbers. Hmm. And I can, go to, I can go to prison for 30 days if I don't have the right house number on my house. Oh, my goodness. Every so if, you're, if you have nailed on numbers and the nine slips, <laughs> you know, because I've definitely seen these numbers where there's two nails yeah. and, the not, and, and it's, it's happened. I've, I've worked in, uh, I've delivered pizzas and I've worked for volunteer fire departments and it, it happens. I've looked at these house numbers and the, the nail will come out and the nine will slip and sure. turn into a six. Yeah, we can't have those. It says every house or building, um, it has to have it displayed. For houses, it has to be a minimum of four inches in height. Mm. The color is required 
to be in contrast to the immediate background, and such numbers should be made of durable material and clearly visible at night. The numbers shall be procured and affixed wow. at the extent of the owners <laughs> of the property. I have no idea if such rules exist around here. I, I have no clue, and I'm not going to go and yeah, look at this, but this was actually this was in the newsletter. This is just in a community newsletter. Mm. It says that the fine would be not more than $600 in the cost of prosecution, and the um, if you can't pay it, you'll be in prison for a term not exceeding 30 days. And each week's wow. continuation of a violation of this chapter shall constitute a separate offense. It's just more evidence that these bureaucrats, house they believe they own you and they own your <laughs> property. Isn't it outrageous? And at first I thought I was changing the topic, but maybe I'm really not. Well, you can always change the topic here on Free Talk Live, so that's uh, that's the point of the show. Uh, now, I mean, I'm sure the government bureaucrats will come by and give you a warning first and give you a certain time window in which to correct the so-called violation, and then they'll come back with a fine. Two weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just more proof. Key, any other thoughts for us tonight? About it. Thanks, Thanks for the guys. call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Yeah, if you thought you owned your property, you're you're wrong. I mean, just wait until something about your property disagrees with the bureaucrats, and well, then you'll find out the truth. I think <laughs> I, I, I think that it's a good idea, a very, very good idea to have the right numbers on the outside of your house. However, I think it's a... What if I don't want visitors? I, I don't know. Maybe I, what if I don't I, want mail? I, I don't know. I, I don't get mail at my house. I don't even have a mailbox. Yeah. I don't like the idea that, uh, you know, the government steals the box once you put it up. <laughs> it's they, federal they, property. It, it's federal property. I'm not giving you any boxes, so I didn't put one up. Because awesome. the only thing that they put in your mailbox is junk. Uh, yeah, junk. Um, you get bills and junk. And I can get bills at my... You've you got know, a private mailbox. I have a private uh, mailbox. And... I, I can get my bills sent there, and I do, but what I don't get is I don't get all those pizza advertisements and yeah. uh, you, you know just, the, just the, the junk that shows up. I get some, but not all. So nobody's messed with you over that? They haven't threatened you to Nothing put up a mailbox? Re- residents. No. Oh, that's good to know. But um, the, it's, it seems really crazy to me, the idea that you could spend 30 days in jail uh, for this. And people are sitting out there, they're saying to themselves, well, yeah, they've got that on there, but they're not going to do it. They totally would. They, uh, well, they wouldn't necessarily do it, but the fact is, this is a nation of 300 million people. And I, we bring up stories constantly. There was a woman who was thrown in jail for having her yard, her grass too long. We just, yep. we just talked about this. There's a guy in Miami who was uh, tossed in jail for giving somebody a ride from the grocery store and yeah, then taking, taking, five bucks. Ga- taking five bucks for gas because he was charged with being an unlicensed cab driver or something. They had a sting on this. They asked the man. It's crazy. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. We've got some ladies on the line that are concerned about the whole national service concept that we were discussing in hour number one. We'll talk to them, plus your calls about anything This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition, toll-free, 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. 
And those features include the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential. Guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can get a free account at PrivacyHarbor.com, too. Go to PrivacyHarbor.com. We go to your phone calls. Ladies first, Brenda, listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brenda. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? A a couple of practical questions about the National Service. Who's going to track all those hours? Who's going to keep track of that? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Probably the, if, if, it's, if it's for school students, uh, then probably the same people that track all their grades and all their, um, you know. Wow. The, the well, I'm sure they'll be happy you wonder, to. You wonder, you wonder if those people are willing, willing to do all that. Oh, I'm sure, Brenda, Brenda, I'm sure they'll be happy to hire on new bureaucrats to expand their program. I'm sure that'll come with, uh, you know, all kinds of federal grant money to bring on more bureaucrats to handle that paperwork. Yeah, the, the the other question I have is that when you look at the practical level, you're talking about thousands of people. Even if you're in a place like Charleston, if you're looking at school children, you're looking at thousands of children that are going to be required. Are these agencies going to be equipped to handle thousands of volunteers? And who's going to assure my child's safety? Well, I, I don't know. Who's going to supervise my child? The, the, the safe, safety certainly would be an issue, but I would think that it wouldn't be that difficult to track the hours any more than it is. You know, the, the kids turn them in. You know, it's it, teachers can, can, can they could handle it. They could make just some line line item on the report card. Anybody who doesn't reach fifty that that year, uh, you know, is in deficit or whatever, and they they have to get counseled or God knows what they're going to do. But this is, these are all good questions. I mean, this is going to be an incredible burden for if it is if it does actually involve private charities, as it might. I mean, we haven't gotten the details as to whether or not they're going to be working for the government or through the government for private charities or for private charities directly. However, that's all going to work is, is yet to be determined. Uh, but if it is for private charities, it, it's going to be kind of complicated for them because uh, they're going to have I, some I, kids yeah, coming I, in. I think it, it's very complicated because you're, you're talking about thousands of people with thousands of hours. And right, and t- a turnover. Agencies yeah, exactly. For these agencies to have to supervise, to plan, to you know have something for them to do when they come, to sign their hours. I guess that's another question I have, is that um, you know a child goes and says, "Well, I spent you know five hours at the uh, animal shelter on Saturday." Mm-hmm. Who's going to verify that happened? It's probably, as I recall, from when I was in high school, there was a community service requirement at that point. And there was just basically a form that you had to fill out and have some sort of uh, person at the charity or the private uh, mm. p- private and charity sign off. And they knew that off. was that person and not your buddy on the bus. No, they had no they, they had out. no idea. I suppose they could you know, spot but, check. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. At a practical level, I think there's a lot of problems. Oh, absolutely, that. absolutely. I mean, there's no reason why this program will not be incredibly unwieldy and uh, obtuse and large and bureaucratic. If it so, wasn't, it wouldn't be a government program. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, that's a good point. And well, I agree with your. I appreciate the opportunity hey, to... Uh... Thanks, Brenda, for waiting so patiently. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. And I agree with your concerns, absolutely. I mean, imagine, Mark, that you are running this private charity, 
and then you get this influx of volunteers, which is nice and all to have people coming in and, and deciding to work for you, but they'll only yeah, well, stay for like, you know, 50 hours. Right, they don't get, they barely get trained at 50 hours, and that's 50 hours in a year, yeah. in a nine-month school year. That's uh, 50 hours, and so you're not talking about a heck of a lot. 50 hours in that amount of time you're not going to be even you're not even going to know the the job and then right. you're dealing with high school students who may not want to be there yeah i know i did not appreciate being forced into the uh, the so-called uh, community service so they're going to try not to work who wants a volunteer that doesn't want to work right it's bad enough having to, i know that uh, my girlfriend julia is a manager at a restaurant and she works with mostly young people i mean 99% of the staff is probably under the age of 22 and many of them, it's their first job. So you're dealing with teenagers that really don't have any work ethic yet. I mean, many of these teenagers that are going, I mean, especially middle school, the, the proposal for this national service program is middle school and high school having to work 50 hours per year. These people don't have any experience in the working world, number one. So you're talking about a glorified babysitting service. I mean, my girlfriend feels like she's babysitting sometimes when she's at work because these kids are just, you know, they're off, ta- they're off uh, their assignment. They're standing around. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And their pants are around their knees. Their pa- well, I mean, if they could get away with that, they're a, this, is, this is a job and they can be fired for that. And I imagine that there will be a process for the private charity to uh, get rid of somebody that's not actually participating, but all of this is going to be an extra burden because they didn't ask for it. I mean, I'm sure they want volunteers, but when you want volunteers, you want real volunteers, not conscripts. Well, this is—it's more support as to why it would be a government program, only government programs, and not uh, private. Uh, charities is because one bad employee can really screw things up. If you have a situation where one of these middle schoolers or high schoolers comes in contact with one of your donors and they do something something stupid. bad or yeah. wrong or whatever, that could it could taint that person from donating ever again. That's not a good thing. That's a very bad thing. Let's continue with April listening to KGEZ in Montana. April, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey. Um, This last year, my daughter had a couple classes where she was required to do community service as part of the grade in the class. Mm -hmm. And in one situation, I kind of bit my tongue. It was an English class, and they were supposed to make these books for these kids in Africa. And I kind of thought that it was stupid, and but I didn't. We discussed how stupid it was, and then my daughter just made some little very um let's say she didn't put a lot of effort into it yeah and then the next year she did the bare minimum yeah and then the next year we she had to do it again in a geometry class and that was kind of where i was like what does this have to do with geometry making a book for some little kid in africa for one thing if i was a little kid in africa i'd rather just have you go to the thrift store and buy me some five cent or ten cent book and mail it to me rather than have some homemade stapled together colored book that obviously this person did not want to make right i i can i totally agree with you on that point why um you know why can't you send them old textbooks that have uh you know been retired yeah. i don't and, see but my my biggest problem with it because actually i tend to be kind of a national socialist and my biggest problem with it was not the community service but with the way that it was done i mean if my daughter is required to do something here in our community in Kalispell, Montana, 
that is to benefit our community. I really don't have a big problem with that. But to have my child do something for what I don't consider to be um, my community. And so when we lived in California, I would never have gone along with my daughter doing any kind of community service because basically there it becomes such a, um, you know, it's just such a doggy dog multicultural stew down there. But up here in Kalispell, I feel, in fact, I do community service all the time myself. Thanks for the call tonight, April. Appreciate hearing from you. I'm, I'm certainly no national socialist. Don't agree with you on that point. But I, I definitely understand that if you're forced to do something, you resent it. And you want to do the very bare minimum to, minimum to get by. And is that what people really want out of this? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We get a lot of features on the site, and we give them all away, including live streams. There's a broadband version, dial-up version, and even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And want to invite you to the Liberty Forum. Go over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about this awesome wonderful networking opportunity and convention style event that's going to be happening in Nashua, New Hampshire in early March of 2009. All kinds of liberty-oriented luminaries will be in attendance, including Glenn Jacobs, also known as WWE's Kane. He'll be speaking there, and uh, as well as Richard Heller from the Heller versus DC gun decision, plus so many more speakers. I can't go through them all right here. Head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get the full list, get all the details, and get signed up. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live You'll be able to network with hundreds of other liberty-loving individuals, people who, like you, understand freedom and want to achieve it in their lifetimes. Many of them, of course, already living here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Many of them considering a move to New Hampshire, and many of them are uh, already planning that move. But all of these folks are coming together to the same place uh, for one weekend, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, and I know, Mark, you've enjoyed yourself at the past few Liberty Forums as well. They're great. So head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, get signed up, and use this discount code to save yourself an extra 10%. 2009 FTL is the code. That's 2009 FTL at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go to your phone calls and start with Pam in Kentucky listening to WKCT. Hello, Pam. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? I've got a couple of questions for you. Sure. The first one, um, so many people across the country have trouble with medical costs. Mm. I want to know how come Congress, the Senate, the government in general, never, ever do you hear anything about them addressing the medical costs. Why can't they put a cap on it? Are the lobbyists putting pressure on them? Is there a law against it? Why do we never hear a thing about it? Price caps, Mark. What do you think? Well, I, I think price caps don't work um, because the the problem is is that people are going to take their business elsewhere. If you, for instance, with a gallon of gas, if they price capped gallon of uh, gas at uh, two bucks. Well, they're going to send the gas to China or India or someplace where people will pay a market rate. So price caps don't really work. And most of the problem we have in the medical field is 
the fact that the government's been involved up to this point. That's why the prices are so high. Right. In the first half, place. we already have a socialized medicine system here in the United States. It's called Medicare, Medicaid. Um, half of the dollars that are spent in health care are spent by the government. So they and the government isn't uh, they don't have to pinch pennies the way you do. They don't have to make the mortgage payment. They'll just print more money or tax somebody more. Um so if they want to raise, they just demand it. And that's really what the problem is. The reason that the prices are as high as they are is because we've allowed the government to be involved in this as it is. They license doctors. There's a union out there called the American Medical Association. The American mm-hmm. Medical Association in bed with the government, and they decide who can be a doctor, a health care provider. So they're and, limiting supply. Absolutely. Which means that those who are the exclusive few that can provide right. doctor services are able to charge more because you, there aren't as much competition in the marketplace. If you need penicillin or some kind of amoxicillin, or some kind of antibiotic or something like that. Do you really need to go to the doctor to know that you have a, you know, a bronchitis? Chances are no. You could just ask somebody. If if they didn't have these kind of uh, restrictions, you could just go to the drugstore and buy these things. Right, but but the prescription process guarantees business for doctors. It's this whole system that they've created. The government is the problem. We haven't even and mentioned so the if FDA. We, if we asked the government for a solution, all they're going to do is create a bigger problem. Yeah, a well, compound problem upon problem. The actual solution would be to re- uh, reduce or preferably eliminate a government's role in the healthcare system. Of course, I don't see that happening anytime soon at a national level, which is why I think secession is a uh, is certainly a viable option. But uh, but we haven't even touched on the FDA, Mark. I mean, there's so many different aspects to this whole health care picture, but the FDA is one of the biggest ones because it's sort of providing a similar role as the, the AMA, except the FDA is actually a government organization. Its protection service is essentially what it is for drug companies. Uh, the drug companies have the exclusive ability to put their drugs through the FDA because they can afford the process, whereas if you happen to discover a cure for AIDS using your chemicals at home, uh, I mean, that's not very likely to happen. But let's say you were an amateur experimenter uh, in the realm of, uh, of possibly uh, providing some sort of cure for something and you discovered that cure, you wouldn't be able to afford to put it through the FDA process because you don't, probably don't have a billion dollars sitting in the bank account with which that you could push it through their, uh, their ext- extremely expensive and extremely long and arduous approval process, which takes something like 19 years to get a, a medicine overthrew to market. So only so many companies are able to actually afford this particular process, which means, again, that competition is restricted, the options in the marketplace are limited, and prices are expensive as a result of that. So the answer isn't a government solution because the government created the problem in the first place. Does that make sense, Pam? <laughs> it sounds like your your best bet is to just learn all you can about medicine, make your own diagnosis, and buy your prescription drugs from overseas. Now, that is a way to get your hands on prescription uh, drugs without having to go through the doctor process. <laughs> and, and stop smoking. Uh, you know, you do a huge, huge benefit to oneself if they don't smoke. What was smoke. your other question tonight, Pam? Um, the other question is, I've heard a lot about the fairness doctrine, but I really don't understand what it is. I know it affects talk radio because they're all talking about it, but I don't have a clue what exactly they're talking about. Well, so could you explain it a little bit more for me? I'm going to hang up so I can hear thanks, what you Thanks, Pam, say. for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. You know, we talked extensively about the Fairness Doctrine on last night's show. You can grab the archive over at freetalklive.com. But for those of you that don't have that ability, briefly... Uh, we don't know at this point what the fairness doctrine is going to entail because right. there it's was something be different. Called, there was something called a fairness doctrine in the past, which essentially required uh, uh, stations to provide uh, community forums and different points of view and things like that, and different stations.
organizations tra- treated it differently, and the F- the FCC didn't get as involved as uh, they they could have, which is is it's good that they didn't. But most stations erred on the side of discretion rather than uh, bravery, and so you didn't. Uh, Rush Limbaugh came around after the fairness doctrine. Yeah. You likely wouldn't have as many op- political opinion shows as you do currently in that uh, arena. But we don't know what the, they're uh, liable to put out there. Who knows? No, we have no idea, and nor do any of the other talk show hosts that are out there, I guess, speculating and, and shivering about this, uh, this fairness doctrine that has been proposed. I mean, some people are talking about it. Maybe it will happen, but it's really not It's not fair to comment because we don't know what it's going to entail. If I we... can comment uh, that I will comment that freedom of speech is what makes this country great. That's true. And to limit what a uh, radio station owner, and I don't want to hear anything about public airwaves because you don't own the public airwaves. Uh, to limit what a radio station owner can say or allow his station to put on the air is denying free speech. It's wrong. It's antithetical to what America is. Well, I think the FCC itself is antithetical to uh, to freedom. I think the FCC is restrict the idea that they can even restrict people from flipping a transmitter on should they want to is pretty outrageous and an outrageous uh, restriction on free speech, number one, which is where if they do bring a fairness doctrine back into play, they're going to focus on not the program content providers like Free Talk Live, we're a syndicated show, but they're going to focus on your local radio station owner. He's going to be the one that's the target of, uh, or the company or whoever, they're going to be the target of these new regulations, and they will be the ones that will have to jump through whatever the hoops are that the federal government puts up. Otherwise, the FCC will yank their government license. So I think that a lot of the talk show hosts are just getting all up in a a tissy about this when they don't even really know what they're talking about yet. Nobody really knows what the new fairness doctrine will be or if there will even be one. There may be, but we still don't know what it means. I think likely they're they're going to try to push push something through. It only makes sense uh, because the Democrats don't benefit from talk radio. Even though there's a the democratic type, you know, a progressive radio out yeah. there, they don't benefit from that. You know what they might do? They might require something like uh, like radio stations with multiple stations in a cluster if they're going to have conservative talk on one station. They may require they balance each conservative show with a so-called progressive show. But how do you determine what is what? How do you how what would you consider free talk yeah, live? Where, does, where do we fit we're, into all this? We're we're neither. I mean, we're progressing toward liberty and at the same time conserving liberty. So how do you explain that one? The only fair fair fairness doctrine would be if the federal government required every station to carry free talk live. <laughs> More on the way. You take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live? Well, shop with us over at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you need to buy, either used or new, in 41 categories uh, in which you can shop, you'll find it all over at amazon.freetalklive.com. You can feel good because you're getting the brands you trust at the prices that uh, you need, especially when budget might be a little bit tighter than it normally is. You still got to buy stuff for uh, for Christmas season, most likely, or the holiday season here. Uh, so consider getting getting that shopping done right now at Amazon.freetalklive.com. 
com and avoid all the stores and the traffic and all that other nonsense. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, we start with the ladies. Christina is on the line in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Christina. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi. Um, I'm a little nervous. This is the first time I've ever called into a radio show, but oh my I goodness. was compelled. Um, I was compelled because as you're speaking about um, this so-called national service for kids, I think um, you and all the callers are missing one major point. Hmm. This isn't about mandatory service for kids. This is about um, a credit, a tax credit you can earn for college. So it's not about graduating high school. No, it is. According to, to, you're right about the college thing. They are uh, handing out, or they're going to be handing out $4,000 grants to college kids that perform 100 hours of so-called community service every year, but it's starting in middle school and high school uh, where there is no financial uh, incentive. It's just you've got to do this in order to graduate. So that is something I, that's know, part I of reviewed, I reviewed, after you started talking about it, I reviewed it and I didn't see that anywhere. Did you go to a change.gov, which is Obama's uh, website? I, I actually did. I'm, I'm home working, so I figured I could go check it out. I saw the bit about kids, you know, middle school and high school kids working for community service, but I didn't see anything where it said it was tying to their grades or diplomas. Well, they, they have to have a way to well, ensure... Likely it wouldn't be tied to their grades, but if it's going to be middle school and high school kids, how would they enforce this? I, I, that's a very good question. I think if you send your kids to you know public or, you know as you were saying, government schools, mm-hmm. most schools, I mean, we're in a big city, have some component of community service because I think one of the things that a lot of the folks who may be in rural areas are forgetting, if you're living in an urban area, um, most of the school systems are at an 80% poverty level, and, and how they measure that is by the amount of kids who get free lunch. So most of those kids get wraparound services anyways, as someone alluded to, like a, like a daycare. So these are kids, and even at the high school level, who are from you know 7:30 in the morning to 4:30, 5:30, 6:30 in the evening, in, essentially in the custody in the, of the government. Sure, and, it's like a day prison. Uh, truthfully, for the most part, for the better for them, because rea- the reality is, is a lot of these people, you can't really call them parents. Well, I don't well, agree with you that that's, it's right. Um, are you saying that a lot of the uh, hold on that you're like the majority of parents out there stink and shouldn't have their kids? I didn't say that. I said if you look at a lot of the urban schools, I can cite specifically, I'm in Milwaukee, 80%, 80% of the kids who attend Milwaukee public schools are under the poverty line. Okay, and in in these same schools that you're referring to, generally they leave the the high school um, functionally illiterate. 40% of them uh, will leave functionally illiterate. So these schools... That's if they graduate. The graduation rate here is abominable. Right. These schools are failing at educating kids, let alone teaching them to be good little bureaucrats. So, uh, and to put mandates, one-size-fits-all mandates on uh, public schools in big cities and then put them on little um, little schools in rural areas, it really, it... it, uh, it's not fair. It doesn't work. It's a bad system. I shouldn't have my kids shouldn't have to go to some government make work program simply because uh, it's a better thing for urban kids. Do you know? Do you understand? But I haven't heard anything. We're saying that it's mandatory. You can always, as you pointed out earlier, opt out of that system. Can entirely. I opt out of? Can I opt out of paying for the public school too? 
Well, that's a great idea because I know we're in a position where we pay for a public school and we pay for a private school twice because in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin we have what's called a choice program. So my tax dollars can go to poor people, quote-unquote poor people, um, for them to take the tax money that I've paid in and take it to a private school. But if you make too much money, I can't get that same deal. I understood. Uh, Do you think that's fair? I, I think it's monumentally unfair. Well, there you go. Then, then we agree. I don't think people should be forced and coerced into doing things that uh, they don't want to do. Now, if there wasn't a, a, a requirement to pay these things, do you think that you'd feel motivated to donate to a program where, um, you know, that would help uh, kids that of underprivileged families get educated? If it was my choice, I would love to be able to make the choice. But the, currently, the system doesn't allow me to make that choice. Well, but, you're but right. It doesn't because they're going to steal your house if you decide to make the choice. You could make the choice, but that would make you sort of the one person sticking your head above the water, and they'd come after you for it, which is why I think more people need to get together, and they need to decide to opt out of uh, paying for these insane government indoctrination camps and keep their money and then decide for themselves how to spend it. I know what I would do. I mean, I'm paying here uh, 60% of the property tax bill in Keene, New Hampshire, goes to the government schools. I could uh, save myself that 60%, maybe probably save, uh, you know, $2,400 or $2,800 off of my $5,000 tax bill. I could take half of that money, give it to my tenants so they could use that to educate their daughter, and I could take the rest of it and give it to a private school scholarship of my choosing. There happens to be one here in New Hampshire called the Liberty Scholarship Fund. So, for me, it's not about the money. It's about the choice, and I think that if we had more people who would have the courage to make the choice now rather than begging the government bureaucrats to allow them to make such a choice, we could foster the kind of change we're looking for. But as long as people beg, uh, they're probably never going to be granted that permission. I, I don't disagree with you at all, but I think that also we need to take this as a teaching moment as parents and talk to our kids. I have a 14-year-old in high school, and we very clearly explain to her the choices that we've, we feel that we've made on her behalf, as well as ones that we felt that we weren't able to make because of some of those ramifications. The example of the woman in Idaho, she could have, instead of encouraging her daughter to make a shoddy product for her grade, for her work project, that's a teachable moment to, to have an opportunity to take that to the teacher to propose, as she wanted to, to do her community service in her community. You know, there, there is, you're right, there are options, but I think it also behooves us as parents to take that lead and teach our kids, and maybe that change won't come about in, in a one great change, but in increments we can help and teach our kids. Sounds it's good, Christina. Thanks for the call. Always best to make uh, lemonade out of lemons. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. We go, finally, to some of the guys that have been hanging on patiently here. Dave is on the line in New York. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Evening. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Two quick comments and one new topic. All right, go. Uh, Emmanuel drafted the assault weapons ban during the Clinton administration and uh, drafted NAFTA. This now, is the uh, chief Rahm of staff. Emmanuel, chief yep, of staff. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, as far as the new world order, I can tell you I've heard about 30 nationals say it in the past year, and all you got to do is go on YouTube. And if you flip your dollar around, it's written in Latin. It says, anointed crown New order secular, which is new world order. Right on your dollar bill. Now, third, mandatory microchipping for all dogs in Australia. This is a news story. The new world order wants to control your dog, too? (laughs) No, 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 no. It's a Pavlovian training mechanism. The actual chip only works up to 30 feet. 
you have to have the RFID, RFID reader to even know whose dog it is or anything, so mm-hmm. your neighbor's not going to be able to tell it's your dog. Yeah. It's to train you to put the chip in the dog to eventually take it in you, in your body. And that's what the New World Order is. Now, it's a top-down. That seems like a stretch. Yeah, when I was a kid, my mom uh, tattooed her dogs uh, to, yeah. you know, on the inside of their thigh to, uh, you know, some kind of identification um, so that she could get the dog back if uh, ever they got away. Um, sure. I haven't seen those show up on people. Yeah, well, I mean, it would become obvious if they start tattooing people, people would be up in arms because of what happened to the Jews. It's a Pavlovian training thing. It's a little bit at a time. If you go look into the whole idea of RFID, you can see the guy from uh, from uh, that discovery program, Mythbusters, saying that when we did an RFID show and we found out how hackable the chip was, that all the major credit card companies and banking institutions had their representatives call him up and say that that show can never be aired. And he said his producer turned white as a ghost when he got that phone call. And you can see all this stuff on YouTube. It's all out there for you to see. Thanks, Dave, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. I don't know about the the micro. I mean, I see where he's coming from on the microchip thing. Get people to sort of get comfortable with it, so they might want to accept it for themselves. Well, I, I would I would agree that the government would love to microchip everybody. Sure, they would um, in the nation. They, and they would, could get away with it. Absolutely, would love to do that. They could do it if they brought in the, with the kids. If, if, like, you know, you had to get a chip in order to go to the government schools, they would be able to microchip a good portion of the uh, the American population over a number of years. They could very well easily do something like that. I don't know if the whole idea of microchipping your dogs is some sort of grand plot. I don't think the Humane Society is in on that particular <laughs> that, that uh, program. Seems like microchipping your animals is a, is a sensible thing to do. More on the way. You can take control. Just don't Hour credit three. Cards. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Misers. Yeah, ours is free. Chislers. Enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. As we launch into your phone calls, that is the point of the program. We go to Mark in Ohio. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Yes, are you there? We are. What's on your mind tonight, Mark? Okay. Uh, Romans 13, and that is um, subjection to governments. And a lot of people, even though some Christians should read this, go back and read it very slowly, and also non-Christians should read this also, because a lot of people get uh, this mixed up when it says every person be in subjection to the governing uh, authorities. Now, you, you need to go also on down. Governments are put in for not for authority, but people have to watch. I'm quite confused. It's it's good for behavior, too, and 
they also to fear the government. Uh, okay, so are, are not... you? T- well, hold on Go a second ahead. here. You, are you suggesting that uh, the, the Bible is saying that the government is good and that people should obey? Uh, yes, because uh, God has put it. God has put government in this world. You believe you believe that God created government. Now I uh, now I'm no Christian, so I'm no huge fan of the Bible. But Mark, you did go to a Christian school. I at one time went to Christian camp. I was at one time uh, a Christian. And Mark, I know you've read the Bible a few times. Is he interpret interpreting that correctly? Well, I, I, familiar I, I, with what he's talking about? At that about? point, you know, I'm of the opinion that the Bible is a collection of uh, you know wise and not so wise sayings, and the. Uh, do you, do you are you saying that God instituted Hitler? Well, uh, no. Okay. Men, so then, so then I can conclude taken, that God did not institute America, too, right? Now wait a minute. In verse two, it says, "Therefore he." I don't. Re- I don't want to read Bible verses on the no, earth. No, sir. Yeah, just just answer the question. I mean, did God okay. put Hitler in in place? No. So no. then then he didn't put any governments in place, right? Uh, no, God put. Uh, he allowed authorities, as in governments. It is the people who is taking it and making it wrong. He allowed uh, authority, as in governments. It's people that are making that wrong. Well, so, so how could people who are sinful, right? I mean, we're all sinful and have fallen short of the glory of God. Then how could we possibly run a government that, um, you know, is godly? God had give us a choice back in uh, Genesis. He didn't give me a choice in Genesis. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to get anywhere with you two. I, You're I right about that. that. <laughs> You're yeah, right. I, uh, not with you two, anyway. You want to give it another um, try, there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess if if he didn't give you, he he gave all mankind, and you're part of mankind. Well, I, I think to be to be fair, he gave uh, supposedly Adam and Eve, assuming this isn't a fable. Right. Right. It's it's not a fable. So if if and and I like this story, the Adam and Eve story. So God put a bunch of trees in the garden of uh, you know there, and and one of them he said is uh, it's the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and now I have a dog; she's golden retriever. And what if I put a whole bunch of little wads of uh, raw hamburger around the house, and in one of them I put rat poison? Now, and I told the dog, no, and I don't eat this. Now, would, assuming that she could understand not to eat that, would I be the bad person or would the dog be if she ate the rat poison? Uh, actually, it would be both of you. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I, I'm not going to get anywhere with you. There you go, this, Mark. Thanks so. for the call. Good Thank hearing God. from Thanks. you. Thanks. God bless. 800. <laughs> that was not necessary. Well, God should bless him. I believe in God. I just don't believe in the, you know, the, 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 the silly stories that they purport to be the truth in the Bible. I mean, I'm sorry. They put the Bible together at the Council of Nicaea. It was decided by a committee, not by Jesus. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It sounds to me like a Council of Nicaea would have an interest in promoting the idea of government. Not that I really know what that is, but no, councils sound governmental to me. It does sound that way. And uh, Jesus, you know, when, when he was asked whether or not he should pay his taxes, he said to, to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, George Washington's on my dollar bill. Does that mean he owns it? No, it's my dollar bill, not George's. I suppose the Federal Reserve could claim it's their property. I, I suppose they couldn't. 
I worked for that dollar. That's true. That, that it, it's ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm I'm sorry. Christianity has been so subverted. Uh, Jesus oh, yeah. Jesus came originally to go after the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Who were these people? They were the leaders of the community, the religious leaders that would shove their religion down other people's throat. They'd stone people for being prostitutes or, or God knows what. I mean, disobedient children are supposed to be stoned, according to the Old Testament. And that's what, you know, that's what Jesus was dealing with at that mm. time. So to, to say the idea of Christians voting for sort of Christian things, we shouldn't have gambling, we shouldn't have prostitution. No we gay marriage. No gay marriage, all that stuff. Well, that's exactly what jesus said that's what jesus came here to get rid of that sort of false religion that sort of thing where you jam it down people's throat i'm sorry uh, and now that's the that's like the majority popular thing in the realm of uh, organized christian religions isn't it i mean the, the whole idea of we must mold society to our viewpoint that we must bring everybody to our moral set uh whether or not they like it and if they don't like it we'll put them in cages right or or bomb their country and it's disgusting. It is. And, you know, the irony, of course, Mark, would be that if now I'm I don't believe that the uh, the Christian thing is is necessarily uh, it has it holds any water whatsoever. I uh, the irony though would be that if there was some truth to it, wouldn't it be ironic if it turned out that uh, the Satan force was actually the the one behind organized religion, and that all these suckers that well, uh, fell in line with the uh, the idea of controlling their neighbor actually ended up going to hell? The Bible really does uh, does warn of this that there will be lots of false. Gu- uh, you know, preachers, false Christs, mm-hmm. antichrists pop up and they'll lead people astray and in droves. Like the, yeah. and, and there'll be the remnant, the smallest amount of Christians out there that still, um, you know, believe in real Christianity. I've met some of them. They're out there. They're here in New Hampshire. Right. Uh, those people wouldn't jam their religion down other people's throat. And, and by that's jam, why I love those people. I don't mean, I, by jam, I do not mean... Uh, you know, talking to people about your religion. Some uh, Jehovah's Witness you lady... You mean legislated, yeah. uh, the force of the state behind it. Yep, a Jehovah's Witness lady came to my house uh, on Tuesday, as a matter of fact, on Election Day, mm-hmm. and I talked to her for maybe 10 minutes and, you know, assured her that I, I really appreciate her coming here and I appreciate a lot of things about her religion. She's never going to convert me and she should go on to the next house where yeah. perhaps she can, uh, you know, find some convert who'll give lots of money to the, uh, the Kingdom Hall or whatever. But... Uh, you know, I, I don't have any problem with people doing that. At times, it's inconvenient, but I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is people voting their religion. Yep, absolutely. Abe. And really, you can't separate yourself from your religion, so I really have a problem with voting. I have a problem with the majority of people deciding for uh, the minority, and that's just the suggestion that everybody votes, and they don't. The system, so it's really yeah. the, I'm a minority of people uh, deciding for on the rest of the people, what is going to be legal and what is going to be illegal. Yeah, That's it's, wrong. Yeah, it's wrong, but unfortunately it's widely accepted, and hopefully we can help people understand that, that is, it's not appropriate to, uh, to aggress against your neighbor. We should be honoring our neighbor's choices, whatever those might be, as long as they don't result in harm coming to you or your property. Leave them alone. 1-800-259-9231. Isn't that the uh, Christian thing to do? Not that I'm a Christian, but I you know, used to be at one time. Anyway, we continue here. Uh, you can bring up anything, and we'll talk to Colin in California. Colin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Don. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, earlier you were talking about the New World Order like it was some conspiracy theory. <laughs> Well, I, I, um, I don't think – we try not to uh, – just because it's a conspiracy theory, we try not to not. diminish – well, it is a conspiracy theory in that someone 
is getting get together and conspiring, right? Okay, well, you've got George Bush addressing the, in the floor of Congress speaking. Now we have a real chance for a new world order, quote. Apparently, you guys haven't watched... Uh, oh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen it all, my friend. Absolutely, and I've looked at the dollar bills. I, I believe I said, maybe you weren't listening, uh, we can bring you back, but uh, I believe I pointed out very clearly that there is some evidence to this, but I believe that the whole idea is an oversimplification of what's really going on. More on the way, your thoughts about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the live Saturday edition of the program. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free on the site, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing, meals, uh, housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend the seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz from March the 7th through the 12th or Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, March 14th through the 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. 800-259-9231. We continue here uh, with your phone calls. We go back to Colin in California. Colin, you're back on Free Talk Live. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering how you can say this is some evidence when you have the president, George Bush Sr., on the floor of Congress stating a new world order coming into view. Well, yeah. does, How can you say there's some, like, it's well, it's not confirmed, but that is the most evidence you could possibly think of having. And also, uh, Gary Hart uh, said after on 9-11 that, oh, now we can see what uh, George Bush Sr. referred to, a new world order. Now we can implement a new world order on 9-11. Right. There um, are definitely, as I pointed out earlier, couldn't, there Couldn't are... they be saying, just, just, just supposedly, couldn't they be saying that... Well, like the world's a different place now. We don't have, uh, you know, c- countries don't ally themselves together, and, and we're not going to have world wars, and and um, statesmen don't gain their fame by conquering other countries. That things are different now. Is that possible? Uh, I don't think so. Well, you uh, don't you think so, but is it possible? Reserve system. Have you watched Aaron Russo's Freedom to Fascism? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I went to the, the the screening of it, and we've interviewed Aaron Russo on the show. Okay, and and you guys still think that it's just not, they're not trying to bring about a banker's run world government? I think that there are lots of bankers out there, and that bankers have a, uh, you know, the, the highest uh, of banks and the central bankers of the world have a great deal of control. And sure, I think that there are people out there that would like to rule the world. Yeah, However, like I don't think history. for a second that you know who the hell they are. Right. Well, the thing is, it's the bankers, they create money out of thin air, they counterfeit money. That is the root of all our problems. I agree. Everybody it's definitely one of the big... You're not going to get any disagreement here on I, that I don't uh, know if that's the root of all the problems. I think that's one major problem that we have. I think a root of the, uh, one of the roots of the problems that we have is people's belief in the idea of, uh, of the government. I mean, period. I think that uh, people's belief in government means that they are subs- more than willing to be subservient to it, and I think that uh, it's that obedience 
sense uh, is uh, one right, of the most right, exactly. biggest well, we problems. We need to go back to the Constitution. They don't follow the Constitution. No, I don't think that we need to go back to the Constitution. The Constitution was, uh, you know, was in support of slavery. So I'm not exactly in favor of that. I think it would be well, a when, step forward. When, when I think okay, picture this. When you're born and all of a sudden the world around you has slavery going, how do you change it? You start working at it, don't you? Well, that's what the Founding Fathers did. They were born into a world of slavery. They didn't invent it. Okay, um, now, so the, you're missing the mark here. All right, so the founding fathers, if if you want to go that direction, uh, I I can certainly battle long and hard on this one. Yeah, you're born into a world where slavery. I understand. Is I, I'm going to let you have the slavery you point. Were. I got gotcha. you. You win. You win on the you slavery start point. Start with like a bill of rights, don't yes. you? You start with the Declaration of Independence. You don't win you? on the slavery point. Gotcha. Let's move on. George Washington agreed. One of the founding fathers uh, led an, led a uh, uh, not led, but he sent uh, White Horse Lee actually to uh, Eastern Pennsylvania to put down the Whiskey Rebellion. These are people that just wanted to be free of taxes. George Washington himself was a tax protester during the Revolutionary War. Contrary to perhaps uh, the, some of the sentiments of the founding fathers, um, J- John Adams uh, he presided over the Alien and Sedition Act, which makes the Patriot Act look look like a walk in the park. Uh, Thomas Jefferson sent uh, the, the incipient navy over to the uh, to Tripoli, Barbary. yeah, the bar- to, to attack the Barbary pirates without a declaration of war from Congress. Okay, well, now that we are people that are actually investigating the pros and cons of the past and what's good about the Constitution, and what's not, the Patriot Act is pure evil, uh-huh. pure control. Okay, now we have to look. Maybe the Constitution does need some modification. Maybe we should just give up on the federal government. I agree, and 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 the point we've the 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 point we've come to on this show. I agree with you that the the Constitution we would it would be better if we went back to that. It would we certainly some modifications would be good. However, uh, however, bringing a um, constitutional convention together would mean that everybody in America gets to sort of make their their mind up, or at least all their representatives. And those people aren't going to make a better government. They're going to make a worse one. Also, the plum that is the power of Washington, D.C. is just too juicy and sweet for the politicians to ever leave right, alone. Right, the idea that you can ever... When they can create money out of thin air, that's what... Like, yeah, I mean, come on, Colin. On I mean, we, we agree with you on that, and so the idea that you could ever defeat the bankers at the national level and somehow reform the federal government to fit what you think it should fit is pretty ludicrous. So how about instead of uh, this whole idea of trying to gain control of the federal government in order to reform it, how about we just leave that aside, forget about the federal government, and move ahead with secession and individual freedom and personal well, yeah, uh, secession? Yeah, exactly. How about that? That's true. I, I'm all for that. All right. Let each state uh, run as its own country. That's, there you go. You know, We're with you. Thanks, Colin. Right. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Look, there's evidence out there, as he was suggesting, for this whole idea of these politicians and the elites supporting a so-called New World Order. But at the same time, it doesn't take into account some of the other folks that are out there that would be competing with that idea. I mean, the the central bankers in Argentina probably don't want a new world order. They want the ability to print out as much money as they can print out. And they How about Hugo if, Chavez? They know that if a, a new world order comes into play, then what they're going to have, um, they're, they're not going to be the less ones powerful. in charge. Yeah. They'll be less powerful from that. So, yeah, sure, there are certain bankers and politicians that would be absolutely in favor of a new world order because they probably want to be in charge of it. But for the rest of those people out there, the people that are running the smaller countries, they certainly don't want to be a part of that because it won't benefit them at all. So again, I believe this whole New World Order thing is an oversimplification of what it is that we're dealing with. And what we're dealing with at a federal, state, and international, and local level are people that want to control the lives of others.
That's what we have to focus on. That's the main issue that it, that's at hand, is the fact that some people just refuse to allow their neighbors to live their lives how they want. I don't care what level of government they're at. I don't care if they're local boys or if they're at the federal level. That's the issue. That's the problem. And there's no need to talk about, uh, you know, the Bilderbergers or the bankers or whatever to deal with the issue that we've got people who are sick and they want to lord power over others. Now, the bankers definitely – in uh, they definitely – are running the show at the federal level. There's no doubt about that. And, and in, so, this, in this country, likely those bankers are white guys. But in Jap- Japan or whatever, those guys are probably Asian. You know, so there's yeah. going to be competing organizations out there. And, and I'm just talking, but that's just on the very basic ethnic level, regional level, mm-hmm. um, where you would see these things. So I, I think it's, it's just too easy. It's too simple. It's too compact to say there's a new world order. They've had fiat currencies as long as there's been currencies. Uh, yeah. Rome was clipping bits of gold out of the coins, you know, when they were around. This isn't a new world order. It's an old world order. Yeah, it's rule over other people by the threat of force, and that's what needs to change. The only time it's going to change is when the people decide to stop putting up with it. I mean, really, governments are – people, they, they say that you get the government you deserve, and if all you're going to do is bow down and obey whatever it is the government people demand, then that's what you're going to get more of. You're going to get more demands. You're going to get more diktats. So as soon as people stop obeying, then things can change. Otherwise, good luck trying to take over the system from the inside when the bankers are, uh, are in control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to one 800 259 9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those, including the archives. If you miss a moment of the show, just click and download right there from the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. DEXC20 is a natural appetite suppressant, enabling people to eat less and still feel full. Users report that they eat the same foods. Just eat less of them without feeling hungry. They also report feeling more energy without the jitters. I've been taking it for three months, and I can tell you that now my stomach sort of shrank. I don't eat as much. I don't even want to eat as much, even if I didn't take the pills. Now I'm sure that if I stopped taking them for a long period of time that I could grow my stomach back out to its large, ravenous size. Mm But, I, you know, after taking it for a while... Your appetite really, you know, entirely, um, even without the pills, shrinks. Um, so try DEXC20. It'll work for you. It worked for me. DEXC20. This is Free Talk Live. The number is 800-259-9231. I forgot to say that you can get it at Walgreens, CVS, or GNC. And we go to your phone calls and talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Frank, what's on your mind? Yeah, the comment, I wanted to make a comment on the caller that called about you know, his belief in religion being sort of central to understanding government and all these institutions. I think the caller has to understand that all religions are basically social constructs that throughout history have been created by man for the benefit of the elite. Uh, And ultimately, uh, even if we go back to the ancient traditions of Mystery Babylon through the Egyptian Old Kingdom through uh, the medieval period with Christianity, and now our postmodern period. Uh, What's interesting, all religions 
and their theologies that sort of define their concept as a social construct have to be understood through philosophy and philosophical discourse. In philosophical discourse, we must realize that all uh, philosophical insights have a plurality and have historically been appropriated by many traditions. So it's rather interesting that, you know, if a god exists who created everything, uh, how come he, he has never spoken to anyone? Some or, people claim they've spoken you know, to God. Individuals really have not been able to uh, engage. Well, now, hold with, on a second, Frank. Some people claim they have spoken to God. You don't believe them? No, because I think there are a lot of problems such as bipolarity, uh, psychological problems, brain chemistry malfunctions. Well, okay, so then things. in that case, uh, I mean, I, I mean, see where you're coming from, Frank. I'm just, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. Right, I mean, uh, the, the fact, yeah. you, you really can't say that people, it's not a good, it's not a good argument to say that God hasn't talked to people. I think it, I think it's unfair that God well, hasn't I'll talked to me. He's never spoken to me, and I right. don't know anyone in my life. Who has been able to speak to God or that God has told us what to do? Right. I think God is a construct, just as religion is a construct. It sort of keeps people from doing what they have to do as free individuals in order to, in a sense, be free and, and achieve their happiness. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Frank, thank and you for I the call tonight. The history of, hmm? I think right now we're at an interesting point in the third millennium with the philosophical breakthroughs of uh, uh, linguistics and postmodernity that now we can engage and we can read the sacred texts uh, and engage with them and find out are they meaningful or are they just you know a social construct are they basically persuasive fictions thanks and Frank, I for think the call every individual has to be emancipated to make those judgments and uh, yes and I think that organized religion is uh, is something that's keeping people from being emancipated no doubt Frank thank you for the call I agree with the general premise uh, where he's coming from, I think that uh, the two major social constructs, to use his term, that are really holding people back are the social construct, uh, constructs of authoritarian government and or co- coercive government and uh, and organized religion. I really believe that it's those two forces in the world that are doing the most evil. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's to those uh, those organ you know those two forces as you call them. It's to those uh, two two forces that people abdicate. Most of their power, they give their voluntarily, power, right? Voluntarily, they abdicate it. They give it to the government and say the government will handle these things. Mm-hmm. They give it to religion and say uh, my church will handle those things. I'm gonna go ahead and just believe whatever they say uh, as far as the religion goes. I, yep, yep, I'm a Christian and I believe that the Noah story, which is the most ludicrous <laughs> thing that's out there. I mean, if didn't I, somebody I, try building the Noah Ark thing? In, yeah, there's in a guy re- in ne- the Netherlands, I believe, that built it, and you know, I. I always kind of wondered. Here, this thing is: it's a football field long, it's five stories tall, mm-hmm. da, 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 you know, cubits measured in cubits. And I, I always kind of wondered how many animals could you really fit on there. Once I saw this thing in real life, I realized there's no way that they. I don't <laughs> think that they for for a year they'd have a tough time filling this thing with food just for Noah and his family mm. because each son brought a, Noah and his wife. Each son brought their wives, and I. That's a lot of people. They didn't mention children in this, but let's assume that they didn't bring any. So you're at the very least talking about eight individuals. Uh, yeah, well, if they didn't bring children a year on the ship, you probably have some by the time the year's over. <laughs> well, it could be. Anyway, uh, 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls. It's Rod listening in South Carolina. Rod, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Hello. Yeah, how are you doing tonight? Just great. What's on your mind? Um, as far as Christianity, uh, the main issue is is the scripture, whether it's a, a divine book or, or just a book of man. Mm, indeed. I, I, know an that, issue. I know that there's a, a lot of interpretations out there, and the, the main two myths that I see in, in the Christian world are that they don't know who the serpent is, that the serpent was Adam, and they think that uh, Bible prophecy is still uh, yet to be fulfilled. And, the, and these are the two main myths. So we have messianic uh, implications there, and, and they take uh, everything that's happening and try to convert it into uh, a messianic prophecy. All right, so I'm confused. You're saying that, uh, according to your interpretation, the serpent in the garden was, in fact, Adam, and that the, uh, the, the Bible and all its predictions have already happened? So the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was sex? fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the command that was given by God. And when Adam chose to, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to lust after the tree. So he, he, when he lied, he became the serpent and he, and he beguiled his woman because he, he wanted her to try it first. And when, and when, and when, that's not how the story goes. So you're saying that, wait, 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 that's not how the story goes. The story says though Eve was walking in the garden. She walked by the tree. The serpent, you know, beguiles her. It, Adam, it wasn't mentioned in the Bible, at least the one that I've read that Adam wanted anything to do with the tree prior to Eve bringing him the fruit. Well, he, he, he was trying to, he, he lied to her. He beguiled her and he said, you will not die. So he, so That's that what the serpent the said. For to try it because what? He, he lied. He's saying that he was he, the serpent. He lied, he lied in order to get her to to try the tree of, of the knowledge. You're of saying that Adam. You're saying that Adam was the serpent. Adam. It, it says in Psalm. See, the Bible is has a metaphor, is figure of speech. In Psalm fifty-eight, three, it says the wick, the poison of oh, the geez. wicked is like the poison of the serpent. So therefore, Adam, when he spoke, his tongue was full of deadly poison. He would, and he became the serpent, metaphorically speaking. So, where do you get this information from? I mean, what? How do you Psalm draw this conclusion? Psalm fifty-eight, three. It, it no, no, no. About Adam being the serpent. The, the, the wicked is personified throughout the Bible as the serpent, and Peter was Satan, and Judas was the devil, and the scribes and the Pharisees were generation of vipers, and the king of Babylon was Lucifer. So you got five main personifications and that's the rule of the bible in first john 3 8 it says oh boy we can't we can't this isn't bible hour we're not going to do a bunch of uh, scripture reading here but mark you, you look very confused as a man who's read through this thing a few times a man who's studied it uh you're not getting this i'm huh? just trying to figure out how adam became the serpent uh, there's my understanding is there's no mention of did he actually transmogrify to... into a serpent or are you saying that no, he, he was, uh the bible that, just called like, him a serpent like wisdom is personified uh, wisdom is personified as a person. He, he, when when Adam sinned, he became another person. I am it's so confused. I have to say, thank you for the call. I have no idea what you're talking about, and I'm not really sure what the relevance is anyway. Besides somebody else's interpretation, is God going to send me to hell because I don't understand what this gentleman <laughs> was talking about? And that's essentially what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. We'll try to sneak you in here in the remaining moments. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com if you like the show. And you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. Any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options to pay. Uh, it's money that we reinvest into the program. That's why we call it AMP, Advertise, Market, and Promote. We take that money and use it to get on more radio stations across the country, around the world, more Internet listeners bringing them to the show and helping expose new people to the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's valuable to you and you want to get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, go and get all the details and get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. I want to, by the way, welcome uh, one of our newest radio affiliates, or actually our newest affiliate. It's KRBT 1340 AM in Eveleth, Minnesota. Apparently they've been carrying the show for just a couple of weeks, I guess on a, a trial basis, and now we know that they're on board uh, on an official basis. So welcome aboard to Excellent. the folks out in Minnesota, KRBT 1340. So we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, and we go to the ladies first. It's Stephanie listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Hello, Stephanie. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm having an issue because um, I learned about this uh, Philip Berg having the um, lawsuit against the DNC and Barack Obama. And it's funny because nobody's heard about it. And I just think that, and it's about the fact that he's claiming that Obama's probably not a natural-born citizen, which in the Constitution says that if he's not, he can't actually be the president of the United States. But when McCain, you know, they questioned his natural-born citizenship, it was on the news and everybody knew about it. So I'm just having an issue with the fact that it's, never even been brought up about Obama, and it's just like something that I felt like everybody should have maybe heard about before the election, because even though it may have, it may have actually done something with the election, may not have. Obama probably still would have won, but everybody being... Yeah told about it is my problem. Well, um, I, I agree with you entirely. I think that uh, McCain came out with his birth certificate. He wasn't born in the United States proper, um, and he he was he disclosed everything, whereas Barack Obama disclosed something really weird um, that is not a birth certificate, at least not... It doesn't look like mine. It doesn't look anything like no. mine. And it's like a certified copy of some kind of certified just saying this is my mom this is me and this is where it's saying i was born i don't know exactly what it is right. either well what i've see, what i saw was uh, something that looked like looked like it was computer generated it had the seal of <laughs> the state of uh, hawaii on it and and that kind of thing and it, it was it was disturbing and i i don't like that um i think that that should have come out ahead of the election so, so and, wait a minute fox news wasn't covering this no and I, I think definitely that uh, that Joe Biden would have had a, a different run against uh, against McCain. You can believe that there would have been uh, a, a ch- changes in the ethnic vote. Uh, there was you know, bl- black people came out to vote for Barack Obama in numbers that had they had never been uh, never appeared in national mm-hmm. elections before. And I think that you would have seen uh, a distinct difference if uh, Barack Obama would have shown his birth certificate. Now, do I think yeah, that that would be better for, the- for me? I found out about it before the election. 
election, and I had already made up my mind anyway, but still, right. I found out it before the election was like, how come this isn't on the news? How come I don't know about this? Like, just from watching TV, I found it online because I do a lot of research on Obama. Well, I've heard it on NPR, and they, you know, it's my understanding that Barack Obama does have to produce the real birth certificate within the next month, or things change, but that would, I mean, the election itself would have likely, the outcome would have been different, because if Barack Obama's disqualified yeah. now, Joe Biden goes in as the president. Well, what's done is done. I mean, what can you do about it? I'm surprised that you said that Fox News wasn't reporting on it, because it seems like they're kind of like the Republican channel. Uh, why wouldn't they jump on board with that and start following that story? Maybe it's just because they're all really the establishment channel, and everybody was behind Barack Obama. Uh, it's all I don't speculation. Know. It may have been because when they did it to McCain, it came back and bit him. I don't know, but it just, it just heartens me that it happened well, like that. And then it's like I hear this online and read about it, and I'm like, well, how come none of my friends know about this? It's a good question. Now, I, uh, here's, here, I guess now, um, I, just sort of from a, a you know a different standpoint, is let's look at it the whether it makes sense or not. Does it really matter? I, constitutionally, I agree it matters. Those are the rules we have. But really, from a moral and philosophical standpoint, no, does it, it really matter where Barack Obama was born? No, it doesn't matter because uh, whether it was Barack Obama or John McCain or whomever it is that uh, that gets elected, the federal government's going to become bigger, more intrusive, and more oppressive well, than you. it I was ever asking has. Her. Well, I think it matters to the point of he wouldn't have been running. Somebody else would have been running, and the outcome may have been different. But if he's actually not a natural-born citizen, whether we agree with the Constitution or not, it is a Constitution, and until it changes, we have to live by that. Uh, well, the government, I don't have to live the by government has been, uh, you know, stepping outside the bounds of the Constitution for a very long time. Right, and they the, have, and and the Constitution is a set of rules for the government, not a set of rules for you and I. So we don't have to live by the Constitution at all. I thank you for the call, Stephanie. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And in fact, they obviously don't have to live by it because they haven't been. And one could make the point that it's essentially a dead document because everybody that signed it's, well, dead. So... How could anyone else ever be expected to be uh, held to it? Of course, I guess they have sworn an oath to it. Some of them have. So they should be held to it, but no one ever holds them to it. So Not I, successfully. It has right. no teeth. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't punish politicians who get caught violating it. Yeah. And Americans accept it out of hand, the violations. Uh, for instance, and the easiest one for me to pick out, hits home for me, is that uh, the Second Amendment where it says that uh, you know, it's the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I'm a convicted felon. I can't own a firearm. The vast majority like of, the vast majority of people out there would say, "Well, that's a good thing that felons yeah. can't own guns." It's not. It's not because you, first they came for the felons. Well, you're right. You can't defend your family as a result of that because you're not a you're not a bad person these days. You were a different person when you were 18 than you are today at age 37. So, I mean, to, to suggest that you should be restricted, your freedom should be restricted for the rest of your life is absolutely absurd. So, yeah, the Constitution violated left and right, and no, it wouldn't make a difference if Obama hadn't been elected, if they had kicked Obama out of the election, and then, you know, Biden uh, picked Hillary as his running mate, and they went on, and they won, or the and Republicans won. And she had him assassinated. Or the Republicans won, and whoever wins, we lose, because the government becomes more intrusive and more oppressive than ever. That's the way it works every election season, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans that walk away with the trophy. We continue here and talk to Mark, listening in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Oh, thank you. Well, absent anything else on the planet, the Constitution will certainly have to do. It's the best thing men have ever drafted that I'm aware of. So well, there's a Declaration of Independence. I like that a little better. And yeah. I, I'm kind of well, a... the Declaration of Independence has the teeth in it and the traction under it that you like so much, which I can completely understand. 
And I like the uh, Articles of Confederation. I I believe that was a superior document to the Constitution. It just didn't give the right people the right amount of power as far as they were concerned. you know, at the end of the day, the power rests with the people, and they're in a lot of frustration, and it's the fortunate uh, outcome of the topic of discussion tonight that it should be the topic of the discussion tonight, that people understand that it is up to them to make certain that these things have teeth and continue to have tread under them. And absent... uh, uh, an emancipated man. I'm not sure when this philosophical revolution and uh, new discoveries happened that one caller referred to earlier. Sounds to me like he's memorized zeitgeist. <laughs> In any event, I won't get off into a philosophical discussion about the existence of God because I think it is that the intelligent men are on the air right now, including the one speaking with you, uh, didn't happen by accident. And so it is for us, as what is left of our republic, as free men, uh, open and close quote with that word in it, right? Uh, and italicized, uh, it is up to us to remain and such that we can regain our true freedom and bring about uh, uh, a government that heals uh, according to the will of the people, which is who it's supposed to serve. I, uh, now, it's, it's clear that the government's not here to serve. Uh, I think that the, the bailout is probably the, the, the most recent and best example. Wait, they served their buddies. 1929 Redux. Right. Uh, yeah. you, you know, we, we, what we have here is this, the, the politicians uh, t- uh, just disobeyed what everyone who called them. They said they got the, the, the most response ever, and it was 100 to 1, It was to quote one politician, 100 to 1 telling them to not do this bailout. But they did it anyway, and I, I, what do we do? Well, I think and that we should... We we should non-cooperate. I thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, non-cooperation is the solution. We need to go quickly here to uh, Mark. Excuse me, not Mark, uh, but Scott, listening to WSC-FM. You're on Free Talk Live. Scott. Hey, guys. Love your show, man. Hey, um, real quick, um, just a couple points I want to bring up. Uh, has everybody, nobody has mentioned this on any of the network channels, even including Fox, um, about that these countries like Iran, France, Germany, Russia, they have all congratulated Obama for his presidency, or, or the new president-elect. And has anybody thought that all of these countries are socialist countries? And do you think that they really are congratulating Obama, or are they, are they taking away that they know that America is the last country on the face of the earth that is actually a free republic? Well, They're America's... now joining, that we're now, we could possibly now be joining the socialist rank. It's just symbolism. I mean, America's already been socialist for a long time. If you take a look at the Communist Manifesto, we meet probably about, or this country meets probably about seven or eight out of the ten planks of the Communist Manifesto. So it's been in for a while. This is just making it more obvious. Thanks for the call. We'll see you Monday night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Men, are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Now be honest. Is your sex drive what it used to be? Don't ignore the warning signs. Prostate problems begin around age 40. And by 60, one out of every two men will have these symptoms. And they do not go away. Take Super Beta Prostate. It has 3,000 times more concentration of the key ingredient in saw palmetto. It's so powerful, you'd have to take 100 saw palmetto capsules in order to get the same health benefits of one Super Beta Prostate. Try it risk-free for 30 days and give your prostate the nutrition it needs. For a risk-free trial of Beta Prostate, call 1-800-246-6204. That's 1-800-246-6204. With Super Beta Prostate, you get results or you get your money back. Call 1-800-246-6204. That's 1-800-246-6204.